Hi everyone, Spencer here. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up before we start this episode. At the end of the news segment, we had a technical issue of some kind. I'm really not sure what happened. Uh, you're going to hear the sound change up for the worst. We took a break and I was able to fix it, so the rest of the episode should be good to go. But uh, just wanted to give you fair warning if you were like, whoa, what the hell happened? It's not your your sound system. It, it is It is the episode. Uh, but thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. We had a lot of fun with this one, and you just have yourself a real great week. What's up to all the cinephiles out there? Welcome to another episode of the Marquee Spotlight, coming to you from the always sunny Portland, Oregon. I'm your host, Spencer Bailey, and I'm here with my co-host, you had her at hello, Chelsea Burnett. Thank you, Spencer. There were oh, there was a, a multitude of iconic quotes that fit the theme of our episode today, and I wasn't sure what you were going to go with. I'm really happy you went with that one. It just worked too well. I had to go with it. But that brings us to the spotlight topic of today. Uh, Chelsea, it's February. Valentine's Day is around the corner. Love is in the air. We're going to tackle the top 10 rom-coms. All time. We didn't put a time frame on this. This is all all time. time. All time rom-coms. Yes. And I'm super thrilled to introduce our guest a little later, um, who we brought in for this. I think it's going to just make for a real fun discussion today. Yes, we have, we're bringing back the top 10 game. We love this game. We definitely want to use it more in 2022. Uh, if you've listened to the old episodes, you heard us do it a couple times. We refined it uh, on the action movies in 1990 to 95. Uh, we did an earlier version with Brittany when we did the top 10 indie films of the uh, 2000s. It's like almost a year ago now. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah chugging along but we will be introducing a guest the top 10 game does not work without a third person but before we get into that we're just going to touch on a couple of quick news stories per usual first one kind of a smaller one uh it was recently announced joseph gordon levitt who i think we're both big fans of um he's been doing more tv lately jgl but he has been cast to play jim jones in a jonestown massacre movie coming out uh i think it's slated to come out next year called white knight but that's Night without the K and mm-hmm. I G H T. I don't know. Do we need another Jim Jones movie? I don't know. <laughs> I I listened to a fascinating series about the Jonestown massacre that the last podcast on the left put out within the last few years. And I think I've listened to that too. Yeah. Um, so I am a true crime nut. Um this cult in particular, the story is especially upsetting. Um, I, I'm, I think that it's in, I think in terms of story potential, just the Jim Jones story, uh, of the man and the way he came up, like the last podcast on the left covered that. And I found that to be super interesting, just what crafts like a cult leader. And, um, so I think that, I, yeah, I think that this story is, 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 there's a lot to, to pull from, uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, he actually, for as like what a, a cutie pie he is, I think he can tap into a kind of 
there, there's like a sinister side to him, uh, darkness that I've seen him portray before. Yeah, like Hesher, and uh, he was in a movie called Kill Shot, which was forgotten. Like Mickey Rourke was in it, and he played kind of a dastardly person in that. And then um, he's not really maybe sinister is not the right word, but uh, the Ryan Johnson movie he was Brick. Uh, it's it's kind of this like film noir, like modern noir, right. and and he there's there's a real. Uh, edge to that performance and kind of uh some darkness that i've seen him him show so uh i don't know i never watched the film when he played um snowden did you ever watch did you I ever see that didn't i i don't know I, I you know oliver stone i feel like has not really I don't know. You've been missing the mark since since the mid '90s, and uh, I I don't know. I just heard not great things about it, Mm -hmm. and it really seemed like it was just Joseph Gordon-Levitt shooting his one Oscar shot. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get around to it at some point. Seemed like he went for he took the impersonation very seriously, so uh, playing a real character, a real person again, and as Jim Jones. I I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure he's gonna put his all into it. So only other person cast so far is Chloe Grace. Mm-hmm. Mor- is it Moretz? Moretz, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's gonna play one of the higher ups in the cult who survived? Because there were some survivors. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I don't know. Could be interesting. Uh. I've. I've just I remember all that stuff. I've seen documentaries. I'm tapped out. But maybe the movie will be good. In, uh, and I and it just be good to see Joe Gordon Levitt something else. I, and they say the I mean, there's always talk of projects coming about, and sometimes they never even come to fruition. They're just in the pre-production stage forever and ever. But I was reading that Leonardo DiCaprio is working on a Jim Jones uh, biopic as well, and uh, we'll be playing. Uh, we'll be playing him. So. We'll see. He's yeah. got so many. He's definitely in the works uh-huh. to do this. I mean, Devil in the White City movie was, I mean, we've heard nothing else about yeah. that. So I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. So just something interesting I saw this week I thought we could touch on real quick. The bigger news story we wanted to get into, uh, Netflix did kind of an interesting announcement trailer. Yeah. Where they, they did a montage of a bunch of movies that they have kind of cl- slated to come out in 2022 where the actors were breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience in the montage trailer. Did that work for you? I thought it was, I don't know, it was interesting. I think people are, I don't know, everybody has strong opinions about every goddamn thing Uh now. And so, of course, people are just, seem pissed off about it. Who cares? Why would anyone get pissed off about it? I could see. Chelsea, we just did an episode about this. I I don't know why anybody's pissed off about half the stuff they are. It's, it was, I could say maybe it was a little over the top, but, uh, the, the promo, but I, that's, I guess what a promo is for. So, um, it kind of, you know, it reminded me just who their guys are now at Netflix. Like, I forgot that Henry Cavill not only is in The Witcher, but he, that Enola Holmes series. Yeah, the sequel's uh, coming out this year. That was one uh, of the ones. Charlize, Charlize Theron seems to be a big person for them right now. Um, and uh, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth and um, Ryan Reynolds, another big one. Um, but I was surprised to see Ryan Gosling pop up. And I have to say that movie I'm very excited yes. for. So I just kind of notated a few of the movies that I was intrigued by. So, of course, we already talked about it. I said I'm really looking forward to Knives Out too. I, I love Knives Out. I cannot wait for the sequel. I'm and so they, excited. And they saved that for the last uh, yeah. 
yeah they 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 ended the promo trailer on on a knives out uh, i still applaud netflix for picking up the rights of those sequels i'm so pumped um the gray man is the movie you're you're referring to Mm -hmm. with ryan gosling chris evans and ana de armas yeah uh sounds like a former cia operative who's out of his mind is uh what's the word i'm looking for he's he's blowing ryan gosling's cover yeah and Ana de Armas is is playing. I, I'm not sure what her character is yet. So perhaps a femme fatale. I don't know. Maybe, I, but I don't think it's going to be up for any Oscars. But I bet it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. All of those are great actors who I'm I'm uh, I I love all their work. And uh, Chris Evans and Ana de Armas, I thought had really cool chemistry in Knives Out. So um, yeah. if they get to interact much in this movie, all the better. So well, and uh, by the way, everybody, we have not seen Gosling in anything since First Man in 2018. He's he's not done anything in four years. He's been just living his life with Eva Mendez, raising their, their kids, kids. I yeah. guess together. he wanted to take a break. Yeah, he did a lot of movies like in a short time span. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't blame him. Uh, some of the other ones, the Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio film. By the way, can we just pause real quick? What is with all these goddamn Pinocchio movies? <laughs> There's like Robert Benini did one in 2019. Well, and then uh, there was a horrible animated one. It's got like 10% mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes of Pauly Shore that came out last year. And then this one's coming out. And then Disney's got one coming out. Who is asking for all these Pinocchio movies? I, I was going to say, I, um, I'm, I guess I'm the self-proclaimed Disney fanatic here, and I can't even remember what year uh, the animated Pinocchio came out. Because I'm like, are we coming up on the 100th anniversary? But I don't think so. I mean, uh, so uh, I, I'm not sure what's with the Pinocchio hype. Uh, but I mean, I, I get it. People, it's like it, all the free IP out there mm-hmm. is, you know. That's we, true. We had two Jungle yeah. Book movies come out the same yeah. year a few years ago. So... But do we need five Pinocchio movies coming out at the same time? I, I don't know. I think we need the Guillermo del Toro one. It's and supposed I, to be dark. Uh, yeah, and it's. Uh, I know some people who are working on that film because they it. Uh, it's a Shadow Machine is the um, stop motion animation studio. So we have Leica here in the Northwest, and then Shadow Machine has an office, I believe, in L.A. as well as in Portland, and so they've been working on this for the last few years. And everything I hear, it just, I mean, from the people working there, it, it sounds like a really amazing project. Well, and the cast is loaded. Got Kate Blanchett, Ewan McGregor, Ron Perlman, Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, John Turturro, and Jim Blake Nelson. Mm-hmm. Just, and that's not even like everyone. There's yeah. other recognizable people. Those are just the big names I saw. Mm-hmm. So, Guillermo, I, I don't know, like he, he either hits a home run or he limps to first. So, we'll see what happens. I like to see this guy... Um, do well though he just seems like a genuinely good person and i like to support him and what the projects he's working on i um the other the other film from this promo that stood out to me is you people with eddie murphy and uh, jonah hill i just want to see those two in a movie (laughs) together i it seems like it might be like a guess who's coming to dinner kind of situation a little bit because like interracial couple jonah hill dating um eddie murphy's daughter it seems like i i couldn't find a whole lot of information about it but um yeah i uh i i the little segment they played though made me chuckle and uh i um i'd like to see eddie murphy in something again and his career has yeah. been really interesting in recent years mm-hmm. he seems like he's just really mellowed out a bit i heard him on mark Marin a couple of years ago or a year ago and uh it's just i'm really digging his personality now 
But a couple other notable ones. Day Shift with Jamie Foxx. Looks like some kind of vampire killer. Yeah. So could be fun, could be terrible. And then Spiderhead, which was last year, the title was uh, Escape from Spiderhead. Escape from the Spiderhead. Now it's just called Spiderhead. But um, sounds like a strange premise where with Chris Hemsworth and Miles Teller, who I'm on record on the podcast, I think sucks, and I wish he would go away. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is heading up an island facility which people who are incarcerated can lower their time if they come do some experiment. Sounds really interesting. Yeah. I'm definitely intrigued. But this was this is a short list of a lot of movies they announced. Yeah. Was there any other one that stuck out to you, Chels? I think I think I hit it all. I mean, Halle Berry seems to be on like some like up and up uh, currently, and uh, she had one of the special moments in the promo where she broke the fourth wall to talk to camera. So uh, I uh, I kind of curious is the last like Halle Berry project I watched that um, I don't know if it like did much for her career, but I liked the movie was The Call where she played a nine one one operator and uh, <laughs> I think uh, the WWE was like a involved with that movie they were big producers so there were like wrestlers that played bad guys in the movie i don't know i saw it in theaters though and it was a great time at the movies well um yeah i think it's interesting because people are kind of scoffing because it's netflix and they in the past have leaned on quantity over quality but i think that's swaying the other way Mm -hmm. we already talked about they had a great 2021 yeah they pumped out a lot of good power of the dog finishing strong i think for them yeah. well they're probably gonna have two movies that are for best picture mm-hmm. if not three mm-hmm. if up in the air is also mm-hmm. you know and the lost daughter uh, and but even like they're they've had some good action movies i thought the uh was wild frontier or the frontier oh which, i actually yeah. haven't seen that which i can't believe because it's got uh jared I, oscar, Hedlund in that and i love yeah, him but. oscar isaacs and mm-hmm. ben affleck i really like that one uh, the extraction with chris hensworth chris hensworth was dope like, if you're, like, an action movie person, that movie is a blast. And actually, the one, I'm feeling bad, I can't remember the name of it right now, but um, the Charlie Theron movie that came out, that was an action... Uh, yeah, it was okay. I watched yeah, it. I, it. It was it was entertaining, and... Some, I, of the, yeah. some of the casting choices were not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, just a straightforward action movie, and Charlie Theron is, like, the queen of action now, and she's amazing in it. Yeah. Um, they're definitely set up for a sequel. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I really, uh, it, I think that uh, we've got great things to come for Netflix in uh, 2023. Absolutely. Yeah. They're on the comeback. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with the spotlight topic of the episode. Welcome back and welcome to another edition of the Marquee Spotlight Top 10 Game. We always do this with a guest. It only works with a third person. So today, for the top 10 rom-coms of all time, we have a very special guest. It's Chelsea's mom, Joy. Welcome. We have Joy on the the show. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. Welcome to my home. And incidentally, welcome to the Thunderdome, because (laughs) I'm not going to take it easy on either one of you. Oh, no. (laughs) So just to rehash how these top 10 games work, uh, we... Each person gets three picks. One person is lucky enough to get a bonus pick. That gives us 10. Now, the beauty of this game is we all have, all three of us have our own picks. But everything's up for grabs. Now, they're all going to land on the same list, but you want your picks. You want to be the advocate for your movie. But also, you want to use strategy. 
you want to get some of your deep picks in. So you want your top picks. You're hoping somebody else picks them so they get in. Then after we have 10 picks, we're going to rank them, and that's where the fun begins. Oh, I've been preparing for this moment. Here we go. So that's the rules of the top 10 game. If you listen to our top 10 action films of 1990 uh, with James, you heard, you heard uh, how it normally goes. So we, we're picking rom-coms. It's February, Chelsea, Fe- Valentine's Day. It's right around the corner. It's, yeah. the, it's the time of love, Cupid's arrow. And rom-coms are not just for chicks. If anything, I've learned in preparing for this with you, Spencer, and with 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 Micah, um, I've I've found out what just a little softy Micah is like. The the uh, he he knew a lot of these romantic comedies before I even brought them to the table to say, hey, we have to watch these to prepare. He was like jumping to it. He's like, sure, yeah, all right, I love that. Joy, yes, you've you're so here's just just for a little background to everyone. Joy is also. Big movie buff. Yeah, I brought her on the show. Thank you for saying that. I meant I meant to say uh, that she, my mom is a, a huge credit to why I love movies as much as I do is because of her and ah. um and just yeah lots of happy memories shared around uh just going to good old Evergreen Parkway oh, thirteen yeah. like we just see what was playing that day and and pop in and um it's, uh, it's a great escape yeah. So I want to say, I think a lot of these movies we we're going to talk about, I feel like you probably saw them when they came out in the theaters even. And if you don't mind, you just want to lean in the mic a little bit. Yes, I did see a lot of them when they were right in the, in the first run mm-hmm. theater. Yeah. Because I would say probably 80s, 90s was like the... W- w- would you all agree is kind oh. of the prime time well, for romantic well, you know, comedies? Because I was thinking about this and I thought... I did look at a few that were before my time, but primarily what I pick, 80s and 90s Mm -hmm. for the most part, maybe one in 2000. But um, yeah. No, definitely. I think 30s and 40s are some key rom-coms, but but you're right. It kind of isn't really prevalent in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And then 80s and 90s is like, the the like I don't want to say golden age because that'd be a 30 40 but like the sweet spot for rom-coms is mm-hmm. definitely 80 to 90 so Chelsea what would you say makes a successful rom-com yeah um so I jotted down a couple notes so I guess first and foremost would be the chemistry between the two leads in, in the film if if their chemistry isn't working or believable I don't think the rom-com is going to be as successful agreed um definitely. uh you got to have a strong best friend character oh, or yeah. side character in the film. You've got to have the jokes. They're usually the one that's that is carrying most of the they're doing the heavy lifting with with the comedy aspect in the they're in the romance section of of this. So, um uh, I also think Typically, an iconic soundtrack goes oh, hand yes. in hand. Maybe not so much with the 30s and 40s, um, but as we get into the 80s and 90s, um, I remember, Mom, you having lots of soundtracks playing in the in the cars uh, through the years, and uh, a lot of them came from great rom-coms. Um, and uh, this is kind of a maybe a nitpicky thing, but I was reading on uh, online that some people say like 
when you're talking about a rom-com, you you need to make sure that the plot is driven by the romance. The romance can't just be like a byproduct of whatever the character, the lead character might be going through. Um, so uh, that's something I'm going to try to hold firm to as we're as we're listing um, out our picks. But um, but there's wiggle room to all of this. So I think with rom-coms, it's kind of just go with your heart. So that last point, I think you're dead on. We try to set hard rules like we did with the action like we said, action has to be one of the two top two categories listed in IMDb. So we try to say romance and comedy have to be the top two categories in IMDb. Well, we're into some problems because some of them <laughs> were definitely rom-coms that didn't fall into that. Yeah. And some that fell in the category that, that I don't agree with. Like 40-year-old version and wedding crashers would have counted in that criteria. Oh, that, yeah. that is not what we're talking about today. Yeah. So, Joy, anything to add? What makes a successful rom-com? Well, um, you hit all of all of the points that I was going to talk about too. Is is soundtrack huge? I don't know why, but for me, in yeah. one of my picks was one of the reasons I loved it. But um, yes, if you cannot believe the chemistry between the the two main characters, it's it's not. It's gonna fizzle out. Yeah. yeah. Now I love that you both brought up music because one of the things that hit me, I because I agree. Because one of the things that hit me as I was watching all rewatching and watching for the first time some of these rom coms is some of the music is fucking terrible. It's so <laughs> bad. We Blaze and I watched one more last night to get, or Friday night to get ready for this, and there was a song that plays three times, and I was like, "This is the epitome of like year two thousand, like <laughs> milk toast white person music that plays in the grocery store crap. This is so bad." But other ones had really great soundtracks and key songs. Mm, uh, yes. So, uh, one thing I also noticed that really hit me watching some of these movies is some of them absolutely are rom coms. They fall in the category of rom coms, but they're more like romantic non dramas. Like they're not yeah. really a comedy. It's just like this is light, but is it f- a comedy? Right. But it's going to count. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I also kind of found it amusing that you know I. We did an action movie podcast. I love action movies and superhero movies and things like that. It's so funny that I could watch, like, you know, Die Hard. And this guy, barefoot guy, walking around a building, taking out a bunch of, you know, high-level terrorist robbers. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. And then I watch these rom-coms, and I'm like, this is so absurd. (laughs) This would never happen. (laughs) What is happening? But in that vein, one of the things, the the only thing I, which... So I think that's silly. It's silly that I can watch absurdity in one genre and not another. But the one that I just, I I can't stand it. And it's such a rom-com, like, common thing is the the contrived problem. Like, the somebody, person number one sees something and overreacts. And the other person should be able to easily explain it. But not only is person number two not explaining it, but person number one is not having it. Like the half-ass, the half-ass explanation person number two is trying to get. The first person's like, "No, no, this only slight you've done to me, you, I need you to be infallible." It, th- those are so always so exhausting, and they're like in half the rom-com. They are, they are yes. a common trope, and some. I think in those cases, it it really heavily depends on the actor being able to pull it off, where they don't come across as super just annoying by right. uh and there are some super annoying characters in some of these movies which really came across 
big time. And I kept thinking, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ew. No, but sometimes they can add to that, right? It depends on how despicable they are. Right. Sometimes it's funny conniving, and sometimes it's like, oh, my God, you're, like, worse than action movie villains. This is awful. (laughs) So uh, we have, of course, done the pick order before before we started recording, just like last time. Uh, I will go first. Chelsea is second. Joy is third. And I got the bonus pick, which I'm so excited about. So everyone, get ready. Buckle up. Chelsea, anything to add before we get started? No, I think uh, let's get into it. Joy, anything to add before we get started? Gloves are off. Let's go. I know. I'm Listen, you guys can't see it. Joy's very intimidating. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to come correct though. In the name, I guess uh, I'm thinking, I never actually saw this movie, but I think it kind of is a romantic comedy. This means war, that movie with Reese Witherspoon and uh, Tom Hardy Chris and Chris Pine. Pine. Yeah. What a great cast. And like, I've never seen it, but I said it's it an- is like yeah. the worst movie it's ever a movie made. movie that never exists or never existed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, with all that being said, here we go. Top 10 rom-coms of all time. I have the first pick and I'm so excited because you fools. You gave me the first pick, and what am I going to do? I'm going to pick the greatest rom-com ever made, right out the gate. When Harry Met Sally. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us why you picked it, Spencer, and then it's, we can just all gush about it. Oh, it's the greatest yes. rom-com ever made. Oh, like, my God, yes. I'm so excited that... It's that scene in the deli. <laughs> <laughs> right now. So I, I watched this later on as an adult and I'm so glad I did uh, because I think that I didn't like I could really vibe with it better as an adult um, I have found especially in the last like I don't know 10 years or so of my life I tend to have more friends that are women than men and uh, so I really identified with that aspect of the movie I don't know how I feel about the the topic of men and women can't be friends. And I mean, even they had a long-term friendship that ended up in them being together. So, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily a real thing, but the majority of the movie, them just being friends, I identified with greatly because I've had so many very close, close friends that were women. On top of it just being really funny, Carrie Fisher's amazing in it oh, on top of gosh. Meg Ryan. What a Ryan cute haircut she has. To, oh, I and feel like that's know? Carrie Fisher at like her hottest. Like she looks so yes. good in that movie. Oh, yeah. she does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you were about to say something, well, though, Mom. Well, you know what? Put her I, on hold. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, there, there you go. A big check mark with great side characters, a great best friend. Yeah. Well, like, it's the beginning of so many people. So like this is like the first big Nora Ephron written movie who's yeah. gone on to be you know, the the goat rom-com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Reiner, he'd done a few things. He'd done Spinal Tap and things like that. But this just, I mean, you know, if you're a Seinfeld fan, you don't get Seinfeld. You don't get A Few Good Men. You don't get any of the stuff he did in the 90s without When Harry Met Sally. Billy Crystal was pretty established, but I think this sent him into another stratosphere. And then Meg Ryan was really only done Top Gun uh, before this. Um, but it just, it, it moved so good. It, like... It's just so many real scenes. Um, the <laughs> the karaoke scene, running into oh his ex-wife. <laughs> In the sharper image. Yeah, but you know what I love about this scene is when she chews him out and he apologizes. I mean, it's like that's a real moment with real people. Yes. Mixed, mixed in with all these hilarious scenes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, that was what I was, I was going to say is that it's believable. It they aren't the, the, the scenes are not so out there. It's what real people really act like. 
Yeah. And they're, they're selfish. They're self-absorbed mm-hmm. at times, but they're, uh, they're open and giving and funny and loving and, uh, right. they, they bicker. And, um, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I love the, the scenes of them on the phone with each other. They're yes. just like, yeah. yeah. All the split screen phone scenes are amazing. And yeah. Um, I was going to say that, um, that, one of the things about rom-com because that you were talking about that they must have for me there has to be a scene where i cry for some strange reason and that ending scene where he says and i love it when it's 70 degrees out and you're cold (laughs) and he just launches into this whole thing you just you lose it it's great Mm -hmm. it's love he just looks at her with such love in his eyes um so you also mentioned soundtrack Probably oh. the greatest rom-com soundtrack of all time. Whoa. Like Lacey yeah, and I have there. just like sat on the back porch with like a drink and played that whole Harry Connick Jr. Yeah. soundtrack. That it's was like, his first. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And like I've said it on the show many times. I'm from Louisiana. You know, Harry Connick Jr., New Orleans legend. And just that style of like jazzy music I'm just huge fan of. So, and a great New York movie. I, I think New yes. York is also a very comment big cities i feel yes. like are a theme with a lot of romantic comedies yes. they set a great they set a great scene yes that, so 1989 uh nora efron actually based this off of her friendship with rob reiner and billy crystal which i thought was really interesting um no it's just it's so good every time i watch it it's just it's so perfect i remember the first time i watched it i was like why did i wait so long yeah i, I know agree. i think this is a movie that Across many generations, um, there I, Billy Crystal, his comedic timing is kind of uh, everlasting, and um, and then Meg Ryan uh, at kind of her peak cuteness too. You 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 can't deny it. So um, she's able to toe that line of like she is a character that is kind. Of, I mean, they both are. I'm not trying to put it all on her, but she's got a lot of those quirks and like particular character traits that could maybe come across as kind of annoying, but right. she she just makes it work and makes it endearing. So, yes. yeah. Well, that's my first pick, Harry Met Sally. So, <laughs> okay. I'll back it all day. Chelsea, you got pick number two. What you got? Okay. I want to jump into this. Uh, I I two weeks notice. Uh, I don't know. I oh. <laughs> I love this movie. I uh. I know it's 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 probably not the first Sandra Bullock romantic comedy to come or Hugh Grant romantic comedy to come to a lot of people's minds, but um I I truly like this is in my top 10 probably rewatchable movies and just rewatching it again um in the past couple weeks like I I think I laughed out loud at more scenes in this movie than I did in most romantic comedies that I watched preparing for this. It, take that for what it's worth. Yeah. But um, now, can you guys correct me if I'm wrong? Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant have never been in a... They had not been in a movie together. Not to my knowledge. Not, not yeah. at that point, no. Um, but you would think that they had, based on the kind of chemistry, I think they, they come across with a great, like not only are they hitting the marks with like the when when harry met sally kind of friendship uh but then they also i think when the the story 
asks of them to like show that they're starting to fall in love with each other. I think they play it off very believably. I think that there is a real um I use magic a lot to describe movies, but I do think there's a real magic to the way um the they capture the whole setting around them in terms of like between her parents, her her good friend, his brother, yeah. the the uh the people at the office, like they're all given space to like have their one-liners that doesn't detract from the overall like plot of the story and I guess I should get into for anyone that isn't familiar with two weeks notice uh you should get familiar with it because I you will be delighted by it but uh Sandra Bullock is playing a very um uh she's a very strong-minded liberal lawyer fighting for a cause Hugh Grant is playing uh uh a Trump type. Actually, Trump does have a cameo in the movie. He gave but, like five lines. It did not age well. No. <laughs> but he he's uh, you know, uh, playing a very successful businessman in in real estate, in uh high-end real estate. And uh uh but Sandra Bullock they cross paths because she is trying to convince him to not destroy the community center, right? That right. she feels so strongly about the Coney Island Community Center. And he happens to be in the market for a uh he needs a really competent attorney. Uh, his brother has scolded him for only hiring, you know, bimbos. And uh, I, because, of course, Hugh Grant is playing this like uh, playboy kind of type. And uh, they what I think is what makes me fall in love with this movie is the working friendship that the, the, the work life friendship that they build, even though they're so at odds all the time, he's so charmed, I think, by how serious she is about everything. And um, it kind of all culminates in, you know, he's testing her limits for, they don't really specify the amount of time I think she works for him, but I think the movie is really well directed and written in this way where you you meet them, they're working together, you kind of quickly learn how they work together at his company, and then it all culminates with her leaving her best friend's wedding to answer some SOS text <laughs> he sends her, which is just he needs help deciding on an outfit to wear to some gala event. And she thinks it's about the community center. It's always about the, the freaking community center. But uh, and so she says, I can't handle this. I'm giving you my two weeks notice. And it's at that time that I think also the movie kicks into another great drive. Like it, it kicks into the romantic comedy overdrive where now these people are actually realizing they care about each other and they kind of love each other and um i've been going on and on too much about two oh, weeks notice but i'm glad uh, you did yeah. because if you didn't i was so yeah i, I guess i got a shout out to this movie introduced me to that um cup the is it the counting crows cover of big yellow oh, taxi right. yeah. yeah that was oh man that, that got a lot of play and, and lot of, speaking of, of the supporting my... cast her name's dana ivy she played ruth kelson the mother oh my god the scene where she's introduced to george at the at the at the groundbreaking when she, when the look the glaring. stare on her face i fell off the, the sofa i was laughing so hard i mean it just they were perfect and Ro and uh, robert klein is an amazing Mm -hmm. comic actor and comedian. oh my gosh no, I, I just feel you, it was so every character was so believable yes. in what they were doing like yes they were playing stereotypical like um 
hyper like liberal kind hyper liberals living in New York City, but it wasn't like but they I've met those people. Right. I know those people. They felt real to me. Yes. Just as Hugh Grant and his brother and all the people in that world felt very real to me. So um, this is a movie that I, I don't know how successful it was when it, uh, I wish I looked up those numbers when it, when it was, you know, premiered. I'd but... never heard of it before we were preparing for this Oh episode. my God, Spence. But did you no. watch it? I did to watch prepare? it. Okay. Oh. Uh, now I want to, well, I've well, just gushed and gushed about no, it. No, it's your pick. It's your yeah. pick. Uh, one of the things I thought was so interesting about it is I thought the story was a little thin. So it was impressive how the entire movie is carried by how charming the two of them are. And I agree. I watched a lot of rom-coms to get ready for this. And everyone doesn't have chemistry. And they did. And it was so subtle in the background. So I love Sandra Bullock. Um, we've talked about that in the show. And over the years, I've come to really like Hugh Grant. And I've heard interviews with him. And he just seems like, I just want to hang out with him. He seems so funny. His background's in like improv groups and comedy. He spent so much time doing these rom-coms. And people didn't realize like, He's actually like incredibly funny in a really witty way. But but the movie, yeah, like I said, I mean, it was amusing. Hugh Grant is so funny in the movie. Um, it, they, it was very impressive. They totally carried the movie. Uh, I mean, just strapped the movie on their back and made it enjoyable. Mm -hmm. I think there's some good um, physical comedy in the movie, too. Like a lot. Of, I'm thinking of it when she... When she like spills her coffee on herself, uh, like, and she's like dabbing at the shirt, and it's all so chaotic in the office. And there's kind of that like shithead in the office. It's always sort of just like around at the wrong time. I um I don't know. Charles, fun fact: the uh, the redhead. Oh yeah. The, that that uh, what's her name? Uh, well, what's her name? In, what's her name? What's her name in the movie? Her June. So June. do you know who that June. is, Chelsea? I don't. It's the girl from 1984 Dune. Wait for my brother, Baron. Is it? Yes, oh my gosh. That's who it is. Oh my gosh. Wow. 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 I mean, she was perfectly cast. Oh my gosh. But uh, that freaking scene with the stapler and uh, Joy's, got, like, Joy's got some beef. <laughs> I don't know what it is about. I, I like that actress. I've seen mm -hmm. her in several things and I think she's great. Uh, however, in that movie, she did what she was supposed to do. She mm. made you not like her. She I was know. smarmy. I, I just, ooh. I know. Oh, but um, yeah, I I think it's talking about Hugh Grant. I think he'll come up a bit today, I'm, I'm, I, would I imagine. imagine. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like there is something about him. The fact that he had that very public scandal where he cheated on Elizabeth Hurley and she's, they still remain friends. Like, he's must a godfather be some, to her kid. Yeah, there must be something there that that is as uh, endearing about him. So, uh, quick side note: he also is a very good dramatic actor. I just recently watched him in a short miniseries. I don't even remember if it was on HBO Max. Oh, was it with Nicole Kidman? With Nicole Kidman. Oh, he was. Mm. I've got to watch that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you you know get tired of him and his rom com. He's right. he's actually a very good dramatic actor. Cool. Well, that's the second pick. It's on the list. Joy, pick number three, your first pick. What's it going to be? Okay. My pick's going to be 1998, The Wedding Singer. <gasps> Yay! I'm happy you picked that. <laughs> wow. I was not expecting anything like that. I got to tell you. I love Adam Sandler. I absolutely love him. And this particular movie, I don't know. It, it was set in 1985, which put me, bam, right in the middle of my 20s. 
all of the music in that movie, uh, it was just unbelievable. I thought that Drew Barrymore was adorable because sometimes she can be almost too saccharinely sweet, but I thought she was perfect in this movie. Um, You talk about laughing out loud. You catch yourself. You don't always do that. Sometimes you sort of chuckle, you know, but... Dude, when he sings Love Stinks, it's so good. Love Stinks and tells the... um, the father of the bride, if you say one more word, I'm going <laughs> to blah, 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 shove this mic. I don't know. Um, George, Alexis Arquette, give me time. Uh, he he just floored it. Um, Steve Buscemi, am I saying his name right? Buscemi. Buscemi. Absolutely perfect cameo. Um, Rose, little Ellen Aww. Albertini Dow, sings, gets down to... Rapper's Delight. I mean, it was absolutely precious. <laughs> I remember that precious. on the soundtrack, listening to that a lot, yeah. You know, when they're interviewing uh, singers and is it John Levitt? Oh, He's my just God. so awful. And she asks him to sing the song that she asks um, Robbie to sing the song he's been working on. And it's Somebody Kill Me Please. And it starts out, he says, I've been listening to The Cure a lot lately. And it starts out really <laughs> sweet. And he warns her, you know, this is when I loved her. And now, and, and, it all was bullshit. Uh, I don't know. I can't even tell you. For some reason, this movie just hits a, a, a certain nerve with me. Mm-hmm. I think it's sweet. It's it's, it's sexy too. Sexy, funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the is it antihero? Is that who you call him? Julia. Uh, what was his name? Glenn Gulia. Glenn Gulia. She was going to be Julia Gulia if she married yeah, him. I was going to say. I'm so. Oh, after just, this movie came out, I felt bad for. Everyone named Julia. Oh my It's God. never going to go away. Exactly. And how good is that, Spencer? You talk about that kind of contrived moment in a lot of rom coms where the characters aren't seeing eye to eye all of a sudden, or there's been a hurt feeling or something. Right. I think it's done really well in the wedding singer where he sees her in her wedding dress and yes, credit like you know you want to start crying because she's so cute yes. when she says I'm Mrs. Robbie like and she yes. she's been saying the Ju- Julia Gulia and is wanting to cry out of misery. Right. And then she's elated that seeing herself. Scene. And he sees that and he thinks that, am I making that up or does he really no. see her? No, right? he sees her. He co- he's right. coming to yeah. tell her how he really yeah. feels, but then he sees her. And in he her wedding decides. dress in the mirror. And he thinks that he's going to ruin her happy wedding. And it's really like she's dreaming of marrying him. Yeah. Right. It's so right. she's, they're so good together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, and good God, can we give a shout out to uh, Billy Idol? <laughs> I, you yeah. know. Oh yeah. Oh my On God. On the airplane. That it's just I don't know. There was just so many great. Um, you know, his friend, what his name, Alan Covert. He's he played Sammy. He oh, plays in a lot of. Who's in all? He's yeah. so good in all he, Adam Sandler movies. He's just perfect. I I just think it for a sit down. You just want to laugh and and be entertained it to me it was it just hit all the right notes because i cried when he sang to her mm. on the airplane so it was that's that's my long tangent about that movie well yeah i think when it came out what went against it was that he had just gone on this run of just straight comedies where he's yes. being crazy adam sandler and then he comes out with this romantic comedy and i think people were harder on it than they should have been because they wanted another Happy Gilmore. Right. And Big Daddy and stuff like that. Uh, 
it, it's one of those movies like maybe the first time you watch it, you're like, eh. And you watch it again, it's bad. I haven't, I didn't watch rewatch it for this, but I've seen it multiple times. Um, what I enjoy is, so I think not entirely, but a great deal uh, about the '80s was just a complete blight on society. <laughs> and uh, I love that the movie really—it's in on the movie's in on the joke, right? And I, the one that always stands out to me is when he wakes up to his ex singing very sweetly. Wake me up for you, go go, and it just makes you want to throw up. Right. But it's like supposed yeah. to. It's like this is so stupid. Right. People are like, what were we doing in the eighties, right. man? And so I, I really appreciate that part of it. But yeah, him singing around the plane is just very sweet. And they've done multiple movies together, right. and, and that that relationship is just—they really do have chemistry. It, it works really well. And uh, the guy, I, I, I told you off air, we've been rewatching or I've been watching for the first time ER. The Gulia guy pops up in that. Is I was like, it's Gulia. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've only ever seen him in Corky Romano. Yeah. That's the only other and movie I could think of. Him. Jerk, doesn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's 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 a third pick. This is why this game is so great. I I was not expecting the wedding singer to be picked <laughs> with all of the, the great movies over the years, but hey, it works. Mm-hmm. Here we go. All right, we're gonna take a quick little break and we'll be right back continuing the game. And welcome back. It's my pick, my second pick. And this is so great. You guys are just setting me up for success. I feel like all my movies are going to be, we're going to end up ranking them at the top. You gave me the greatest rom-com ever already, my first pick. And with my second pick, I'm taking Pretty Woman. Oh, my goodness. Come on. I mean, you guys are just leaving me with the, with the, with the solid shocked. gold standards. I'm shocked. I, really w- I don't know. I just wouldn't have thought you to pick that one. It's great. It is great. It's a little absurd, but <laughs> so you know that the original plan was it was going to be like a serious, like kind of yes, fucked up great, drama. Kind of yes, the, the, the great writer, the author. Yes. I remember seeing something about that. Like it was going to have an awful ending where yes. she goes back to the streets and she's a, like, a, like the scene where he thinks she's doing drugs and she's just brushing her teeth. She was actually going to be doing drugs. Like that was the original plan. So thankfully they changed it up. But no, it's great. I mean, Julie Roberts, she'd already done what Mystic Pizza, Steel Magnolias. Shout out back home to Steel Magnolias. Um, Richard Gere, well, I think is really interesting because he – you, we think of him as kind of a rom-com guy. He hadn't done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Then he'd done like American Gigolo and Officer and a Gentleman and the American Looking, Bre- looking, looking for, for Mr. Mr. Good. Yeah. 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 The breathless American version, which is terrible. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, obviously the first thing I saw in my life was Pretty Woman. So going back and watching like American Gigolo, it's really weird. But um, chemistry. And by, by the way, I got to say, like Julia Roberts... I I would actually I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it I don't think she regularly has good chemistry in these kinds of movies I think she's best in stuff like Aaron Brockovich and things like that but she's never had chemistry with anyone like she did with Richard Gere I agree I agree I think very much very much so I was going through my little file of facts of uh, movies that she's been in mm-hmm. yeah. So this is a prime example of what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. This is like a romantic non non drama. It's technically a rom com, right? But is it really that much of a comedy? There's funny parts, right. you know. That I almost peed my pants, and uh, her friend Kit, it's Kit, right? Yes. Kit going, uh, 
50 bucks, grandpa, 75, the wife can watch. Right. <laughs> uh, no, it's, and she was in, uh, Kit was in Sex, Sex Lies and Videotape video tape the year before. And Just Shoot Me, yeah. I love that show. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because Sex, Lies and Videotape, Pretty Woman seems like an older movie than Sex, Lies and Videotape, mm. but it came out the year before. Probably just because Sex, Lies and Videotape was such, uh, it kind of broke the mold for, I guess, a, a new sort of 90s scene in cinema. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, it's so, it's just, it's like, I, I, I don't have a single like real gripe with Pretty Woman. I think we're talking about music. I think uh, King of Wishful Thinking is sucks. It's a terrible song. Uh, George Costanza is a monster in this movie. Ugh. But all of Julia Roberts' outfits are fantastic. Uh, I, there's so many yes. just iconic scenes like we're going to be spending an obscene amount of money in here. And no, not me, her. Like, compliment her. Uh, and then, of course, the big mistake, huge. Mm -hmm. It's like one of the greatest movie scenes of all time. Perfect. The mo easily the most satisfying scene of all time. So, yeah, you guys are really setting me up to oh, take all the big man. ones. You know, I, I, I don't even know if you'll remember this, Mom, but uh, my memory of Pretty Woman is being a kid and you were watching it and uh, you told me I had to leave the room. <laughs> what? <laughs> because I there, I think you just weren't sure if I was ready for some of the elements of, I mean, the oh. fact that she is a sex worker and like, I think you you just weren't sure if you were ready to maybe have those talks with me about oh. the movie. But like, I, I you know, you the on its surface, the movie seems kind of like, Sugary, sweet, pretty like, tame, but in tame. But uh, yeah, I think I think you were you had to shoo me shoo me away. But that, it made me all the more want to watch it. That because I was like, oh, it's like it seems taboo or for, yeah, forbidden. But um, you don't recall I, this joy? Uh, I have no memory of that. <laughs> no, but I do. I do know. I always told them I'd rather them see sex in a movie than violence. Yeah, yeah. But we also had one of those great entertainment centers that had the. <laughs> The sliding drawers that would doors that would come out, and sometimes if we were all watching a movie together, but there was maybe a sex scene that maybe went slightly too far for my and my sister's age group, my mom would just walk up to the TV and then come <laughs> use the the doors on the entertainment center, cut, close them in around her face so she could continue watching the movie, and then <laughs> when the scene was over, she would move them back. But. Uh, uh, yeah, I I think also it, it talking about uh, the way big cities can play into romantic comedies. I think Gary Marshall, uh, he loves San Francisco. It, it comes up time and time again, and I mean in his in his films. But uh, I I I think the San Francisco part of Pretty Woman is a really like uh, is a the big opera. standout in the in the movie. But yeah, so. wasn't it L A? Well, they fly, they, they fly to San Francisco for the opera. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Though there's just so many, so many great scenes like that. And then of course the the scene where he closes the jewelry box on her. Like yeah. that was real. Yeah. That was really her reaction. It's yes. so great. But they're both like she's so charming in it, and it, it's just such an enjoyable watch. The ending is great, um, but also dealing with like serious, more serious topics. I mean, he talks about his dad and everything. Uh, I yeah, I just it's just such a rewatchable movie. Mm -hmm. Was this on uh, either one of your lists? No, no, it wasn't. You fools! No. <laughs> oh my god! No, because and I'll tell you why. I, when I went back and rewatched it, because I, I do, I love Julia Roberts. I really do. I, I don't think there's very few movies that I don't like. She was seemed so green to me in this movie, and so some of her lines just came across as. Sort of, I don't know. I, I don't know why I didn't pick it actually, because I do enjoy the movie, 
but I and I'm I'm really surprised that you did. I you that, just did, when you say she was green, you think she wasn't as polished as yeah, an actor. And yeah, like it was, so. it was almost. I don't. I don't. I I should just not say anything because I can't really think of the. You should say something. You, no, but yeah. yeah, but no. I love the movie. I do. I love the movie, but it just wasn't one of the ones I would have picked for my three or four. I do got to say one thing that that's the only scene that just doesn't work for me and just cracks me up is when she comes down to the lounge and he's just playing piano and bus boys are watching him. And then he's just like, I need the room boys. Yeah. And they, they walk out so they could bang on the piano. Like <laughs> oh, what? Now, what? Now, <laughs> like, see, now see, that is the scene <laughs> that I really enjoy. <laughs> Maybe that's the scene I walked in on. I don't know that, that might you sent it. me out, but uh, uh, I didn't get to rewatch Pretty Woman in preparation for this. I wish I had, but uh, I I remember it uh, a lot of points from the movie. But isn't there a big thing about like no kissing on the lips and right. no kissing uh, yeah. on the mouth? Yeah. On the mouth, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, one of yeah, rule. yeah. All right, that's pick number four, Chelsea. You're next. Okay. Um, I, uh, I'm going with Splash. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> I didn't even consider this. Oh, I, I hope either. that it, I, I loved hope it. that, uh, you guys will allow me. And that this well, is one of, of those, this is one of those that was a fantasy comedy romance or so, however it's listed. But fantasy, I remember is first or second listed on IMDb. So I was like, screw it. I'm going with it. I love Splash. I, I think it is, uh, one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies. And um, I just uh, find Daryl Hannah to be absolutely, I I guess kind of touching on what you talked about Drew Barrymore and The Wedding Singer. um, I think a big part of this movie hinges on uh, Daryl Hannah's kind of naivete and like how believable she is at at, uh, at playing something so outlandish, a mermaid <laughs> that has made it to New York City. Uh, but uh, she, um, yeah, God, this 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 movie is Tom Hanks. I think at like this very like he he's he's not like the. He's not the perfect guy and he's definitely got, he's a little rough around the edges. He is a little jaded or jilted uh, because he's kind of coming out of this room, uh, this relationship he's been in with this woman who I don't think we ever really meet. We only ever hear him talk about. Cela Ward, right? Uh well, oh, maybe uh, we at the wedding where everybody's like, "How's she doing?" Yeah. And so it's like, "She left me." She left me. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I love all of his breakdown moments leading up to that, and then it just, uh, and with, you know, John Candy is playing his brother, who's just like perfect, per- absolutely perfect, kind of trying to get um, Tom. Uh, Hanks is playing a character named Alan and he's trying to get Alan to just lighten up. And uh, I guess the, the, the one time Alan remembers being happy was, you know, when he, this, he goes back to Cape Cod and thus how he kind of bumps back into Daryl Hannah as the mermaid. And uh, as, as the movie progresses, you know, we've got a great side characters. I've already mentioned John Candy, but um, we have the, the late, the secretary who's been struck by lightning who wears her bra outside her shirt. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, um, you have uh, Eugene Levy, um, yeah. who uh, Levy, 
Eugene Levy? Levy. I don't know how you guys pronounce it, but I always uh, say Levy. Uh, is it Levy? Uh, with, with the moron twist. Oh, no, I say Levy. Yeah, Eugene <laughs> that, Levy, yeah. The yeah, the that, more, yeah, that was a running thing in our house. Like, just me and the moron twins. We're not twins. <laughs> Yeah, um, he's playing the the scientist who's trying, you know, to prove to his community that he has discovered this mermaid. But um, I just I I remember feeling like uh, the seeing the type of uh, sexual chemistry that the two of them have. Uh, Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah was like it's it's super believable it really like um the stakes are very uh feel very real even though the story is a fantasy because uh, mermaids sadly don't exist well as you far as that, i know Chelsea. don't but, make claims uh, you can't back up <laughs> but can i uh, can i ask did did they did a flashback to when he was a little kid so they allude that that was the little girl mermaid yes. That, yes. Okay. who saved him. Okay. When he, yeah, right. yeah. And I love all the brother John Candy still pulling the same tricks with spilling with the change. change on <laughs> to look under <laughs> women's <laughs> skirts. John Candy's so good in this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, directed by Ron Howard, who obviously seems to have some kind of handle on fantasy because we talked about Willow when we did our um, Val Kilmer episode. Right. And uh, I, uh, he he strikes a great balance between comedy and uh fantasy and um and then with this you know casting uh, those two leads everything just kind of came together uh so perfectly but um really love splash and really happy to introduce it into the top 10 I got to say, so the way I always prepare for these top 10 episodes is I make a, a lengthy list and I've got my like top ones I'm hoping to get but I've you know I've got backups and I'm astonished I didn't even think of splash because this was like a heavily rewatched movie in my household mm-hmm. growing up. Quoting the lines, talking about how much we love John Candy. Like all this of what we kept really goes, penthouse print in my letter, you know, stuff like that. Mr. Mango on Mr. my shoulder. Mr. Mango, Mr. Mango on my shoulder. On my shoulder. Uh, my dad would just be like, it's Bonanza, you know, things <laughs> like that. And also my sister's name came from Splash. My mom was pregnant with my sister. They were trying to think of names for her. And when he's like, running off names when they're walking down the street, he says, Hillary. And my dad's like, oh, Hillary. And they agreed on it. And that's where my sister's name came from. So like deeply rooted movie in our family. I cannot believe I didn't think to put it on my list. Uh, cool. I'm glad I surprised you with that one. <laughs> what about you, mom? Any thoughts on Splash? Any thoughts on Splash? I think that it's an excellent pick. It was a great movie. Um, not one of my top picks, but I know... I know why you liked it. All right. All right, Joy. Well, you got the next pick. What do we okay. got? Okay. Um, I'm going to go back a few years to 1940 and Philadelphia Story. Just so fucking good. Oh, good. Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, James Stewart. Who Who's the hottest mom? Oh, Carrie. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So just... Purely dialogue. It's just snappy and fast and witty and and fun. She plays an heiress that's about to marry uh, her ex-husband, Cary Grant, C.K. Dexter Haven. Awesome name. Uh, and all the names are good. All the names. Jimmy and, Macaulay as, Cooper. <laughs> Mac- Mac- Macaulay Connor. Catherine Hepburn is Tracy Lord. Now, wasn't there a porn star named Tracy Lords? 
Or something. She was in a lot of John Waters movies. She was. The reason she's famous, she's a famous porn star because she made us, there's like documentaries about her. She made a series of pornographic movies and then they found out she was not 18. So the FBI like rounded up all of, like you can't you Yikes. can't access any of her pornographic films since like 1988, I think. Like they, like 1988, they rounded up. It's when all she became of, legal. Well, yeah, but then she was in Crybaby with mm-hmm. John Waters and kind of had a movie career going, a little bit of a movie career. And I think actually, I think she tried out for Pretty Woman. I think she auditioned for Pretty no Woman. No kidding. Uh, but yes, continue. Ah, okay, so um, premise, of course, she's a, a an heiress. Her ex-husband comes on the scene. He's kind of, interestingly enough, Cary Grant, when he um, took on the role, he wanted the last screen time role. And James Stewart ended up with the Macaulay Connor role, who is the, it's kind of like, I guess, would be a National Enquirer type of a magazine. They're going to, they're going to cover this, um, this a high society wedding and Catherine Hepburn does not want them anywhere near. And one of the reasons is the, is her father is canoodling with uh, somebody else other than her mother. But um, it, it's just, then there's a younger sister who's, who, who comes, uh, she's, great. she's hysterical. Uh, so they kind of act absurdly around the the photographer and James Stewart who is the I guess he was be be writing the, the journalist who'd be writing it but um I just think when you watch the movie obviously things have not changed that much people were having affairs 1940 just like they do now there was you know people were divorced but you know they were still in each other's lives and um it's black and white, so if you're not a fan of black and white, don't watch it. They did do a remake, High Society, with Grace Kelly, Bing Crosby, and Frank Sinatra as a musical. I don't remember How the much year. later would that have been? Like, uh, all those people like, were friends with each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was an okay remake, but I really prefer the Catherine Hepburn. Um, but it was just a charming, fun little romp. And you get to look at Cary Grant and you have great acting. My goodness, those three of the best actors. Um, a little bit of trivia, I guess. It was um, shot in eight weeks with no retakes. Wow, I didn't that's, know that. Oh. That's good acting yeah. right there. And James Stewart actually won for best actor. His only win, which is Whoa. atrocious. Yeah, uh, seriously. Um, and Cary he, Grant, no Oddly Oscar enough, wins. he kind of... Didn't feel good about it. He felt like Henry Fonda should have won for Grapes of Wrath. Um, and it was the fifth most popular movie in 1941 and 100%, uh, oh, it got 100% rating in Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> by 58 critics. And it also is included among the American Film Institute's 2000 list of top 100 funniest American movies. And then in 1998, in the top 100 greatest American movies. So I think it's a pretty good movie yeah. all around. It, I, I think it had, somebody had to pick it. It's mm. like one of the original rom-coms. It's one of the most well-made. It's like one of, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. It, 100 percent Rotten Tomatoes. Like you said, Jimmy Stewart's only Oscar win. Cary Grant never won an Oscar. It's so bizarre. Um, you said witty humor. It's so funny. It's it so really funny. It really is. 
Yeah. All of Catherine Hepburn. God, she's just the, the best. All of her like one-liners. I love when he Carrie Grant is like, can I get some juice in here? And she goes, Oh, have you forsaken your favorite drink? Whiskey and whiskey. <laughs> and he said, I'm going for something lighter now. Or like a lighter in color, wow. lighter brown or something. Yeah. But you know what hit me on this rewatch for this? I got about three quarters of the way through the movie and I realized this. It, it's like a contemporary American Shakespeare play. Yes. It feels like a Shakespeare play. It really does. Like the way the humor is, the situational humor, the one-liners, but also like so many of Cary Grant's lines are like poetry when he's like the moon is a goddess and stuff like what who talks like this right Right. so that's my second pick perfect chelsea any final thoughts philadelphia story um just that i i watched this for the first time in preparation for this this podcast and it's one that i i'd like to keep in the rotation to keep watching time and time again because yeah you can't deny the the chemistry of all those and uh, the charisma of all those actors. Excellent choice, Joy. It had to go on the list. Somebody had to pick it. Awesome. Uh, okay, well, that comes back to me for my third pick. And I'm picking a personal favorite of mine, Broadcast News. Mm. Yes. That, Excellent. Dude, guys, Joy just leaped out of her seat. <laughs> she is just, uh, we need a container. She's so excited. <laughs> Broadcast news is so good, and it's like kind of forgotten. I, bring I it had up sometimes. forgot about that. Yes. Yeah, and like I, people have never heard of it. Seven Oscar nominations, no wins. Wow, great <laughs> but, movie. So if you're unfamiliar with the movie, it stars William Hurt. It came out in 1987. William Hurt, Albert Brooks, and Holly Hunter. I think it's the same year she did. Was it Raising Arizona? Also 87. I thought it would have been later than that, but I don't know. It's actually. right around that time. So. It takes place at a a broadcast news station. Holly Hunter is like a hot shot producer, but she's complete workaholic. Albert Brooks is her best friend who works behind the scenes. And William Hurt uh, comes in as a, he's working behind the scenes and works his way into an anchor spot. Surprise performance by Jack Nicholson, who's not even credited He he said, take, don't, don't put me in the commercials. Don't put me in the trailer, anything. He plays the, the. The main anchor. Yes, right. So he's kind of like the Peter Jennings, the people who tune in every night for for Jack Nicholson. But it's a rom com because you have this three way, uh, try you know triangle between uh, William Hurt, Holly Hunter, and Albert Brooks. Where, I mean, it's it's more complex. I'm going to make it sound, but Albert Brooks has uh, always been in love with Holly Hunter and never acts upon it. William Hurt uh, does get to date Holly Hunter um, briefly, but she has a personal gripe with something he does you find out towards the end of the movie it, it is a fun it's such a funny movie but in a subtle way but all the acting performances are incredible i love holly hunter like has oh, she ever been gosh. in something where she's not lights out mm-hmm. and she's so good in this every time so i love it. she she always prepares for the day by crying <laughs> i know i know i know <laughs> and then also albert brooks finally gets his chance to be an anchor and just sweats himself to death. Oh. And it's because he saw that. He saw an anchor in real life who was just sweating through his suit. He goes, we have to put this in the movie. Mm. Um, but I also love all the real moments. The ending is so good. In real life, I don't want to spoil it, but like what we typically see in rom-coms doesn't really happen. What you see in this movie is more akin to what you would see in real life. Um, but there's just so many great lines, too. I love when Al, um, Holly Hunter comes to visit Albert Brooks because... 
he has this disastrous, you know, try being anchor. And he's kind of subtly confessing his love to her. And he says to her, I wish you were two different people so I could call my best friend and tell her about the girl that I like. That yeah. is such a good line. It is a really yeah. good line. So uh, did either one of you rewatch this for this? I didn't. I didn't even think about it. As That's terrible. But I imagine it's some it's a movie you're pretty familiar with. Oh yeah, with. I saw yeah. it fairly recently. Yeah. I mean like probably a year ago. I I rewatched it. And you were telling us off mic how you used you used to think William Hurt was Oh a, gosh, yeah. Quite, yeah. Yeah. But you yeah, also yeah. told me that you sort of thought uh Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks oh, was, I love him. Yeah. Sexy. I think he's so sexy cuz he's just so funny. Yeah. If you it, it, he's got oh, some great chest If you've not seen <laughs> Albert Brooks movies, watch them all. He is He's one of the funniest people that's oh, ever lived. Mm-hmm. I like Amazing. I like in broadcast news when he's uh he's listening to is it Leave it on that midnight train to Georgia. And he's like, I can read and sing at the <laughs> yeah, same yeah, time. Yeah. And he's because he's just trying to block out the uh. fact that uh, William Hurt's character has won out essentially the coveted uh anchor role for t- sharing this really, uh, yeah, uh, breaking news story. Um, he has a great line in the epilogue where he's like, Congratulations on history's longest winning streak. <laughs> <laughs> What I, 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 sorry, Spencer, if it's okay if I interject, if you well, yeah, know about this, I, what rewatching broadcast news, um, I think what's so cool about the writing in this, um, is that they all just really feel like adults, like they're having, 100%. They're, they're, they're having discussions that like feel believable and they're being mature about it and they understand, like, William Hurt's not being super stupid about the fact that she goes to support Albert Brooks in his kind of time of need, even though they're kind of hitting it off and Mm -hmm. having this sort of romantic night together. It's like he is comfortable enough in himself to understand that she has this friendship with him already. And I love the moment when Albert Brooks gets on the phone with William Hurt and says like, sorry, I'm kind of holding her up tonight. But it's like, I just feel like I'm like, they're all just being cool grown-ups. like grown-ups about it right it's just like this is just the you know uh and he understands William Hurt kind of understands he's been dropped in sort of into their friendship and is like um yeah uh I uh I think this is a great pick can uh, I give a quick shout out to Joan Cusack no, oh my god absolutely oh not. my god <laughs> that seriously perfect sliding in going under the filing cabinet trying to get that videotape bobby 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 yeah and then what does she do she's like hello or like she just says like okay yeah she just kind of walks past after like the tape makes it and she She has so many great just like pop-ups in 80s movie 80s rom-coms well Uh, yeah 16 candles she mm -hmm. yeah some other ones some other ones that might get brought up but yeah um (laughs) no it's it's so good it's so good i can't believe it didn't win a single freaking oscar it's just I, i yeah it's crazy. But no, if you've never seen Broadcast News, like I cannot recommend it enough. It is still on HBO Max right now. Go watch it. Mm, definitely. Chelsea, you're up. Okay. So this is my last pick, isn't it? Ooh, 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 I got to... There are... Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with my big fat Greek wedding. Uh-huh. I, I think that... That this is a movie that 
I kind of rolled my eyes at thinking about when it, I see it come up time and time again when you Google great romantic comedies because I just feel like the jokes got really played out. The movie was such a phenomenon. And uh, and then I, I think I got whatever for whatever reason just got kind of sick of it or I forgot just truly how special the movie is. But rewatching it um, I just in the last month, I it really is like a, a, a truly like perfect kind of romantic comedy. I will say while yes, the two leads and leading up to their wedding is uh, that does, I guess, qualify it as a romance. It more is like a family comedy uh, sur- surrounding in the hijinks around like leading up to the wedding. And it really is like, it's so it's, it is a laugh out loud film. Uh, the the jokes, even though maybe they got played out when the movie first premiered and and was just such a hit, and you couldn't go anywhere without hearing someone say like, "Put some Windex on it." <laughs> but like you know, it, uh, it I laughed again watching the movie when the father delivers that line. Like there, mm-hmm. uh, it I I think it captures, uh, I think it captures dysfunctional family dynamics really well. <laughs> I, lo- I do love the meet cute of John Corbett and Nia. Is it Nia Vardalos? Mm-hmm. Vardalos. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that they have a, tr- a real true meet cute. And not only when she's pouring him, well, the, the he's there with his friend in the, in the Greek cafe where she works at. And the friend asks for a refill on his coffee and she refills John <laughs> Corbett's coffee, even though he doesn't ask for it. But she's just so taken with how handsome he is. And then when she gets kind of her glow up, when she's, you know, well, also another thing I love about herself is she gets her glow up not because of him, but because she yes. finds something that she loves. And yes, she's, that was a yeah. Point. I was going to make. Yeah. And I like that. And, um, and I think that he's, it then becomes more attracted to her just because he sees that she's, she's glowing from within because she's doing something. Well, because he doesn't realize that's how he knows her. Yeah. When he sees her again. So that's, what's great. Yeah. I also just really like that. Um, they also don't have to have like this big dramatic fight leading up to their wedding. That's what I was going to say. That's the best part of the movie. There's not some contrived bullshit. Yeah. There's no big conflict in the film. Mm -hmm. Like it's just lighthearted the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bingo. Andrea Martin, right, is the actress's name who plays the aunt who, you know, She's the best she don't eat the meat. You don't need no meat. It's okay. I make lamb. But and when she can't pronounce biopsy and she calls oh, it a bo- bobopsy. Bobopsy. She, dude, so truly, she is the best character movie. Like I, I've never seen this movie. I had to watch it to get ready for this episode. Everything she said had me like legitimately like laughing out loud. Yeah. Her and the father are the funniest. They're so funny. Yeah. And. You're, you're right, Chelsea. This does count as a romantic comedy. It's a very well-known romantic comedy. But the family is what makes the movie so good. Mm-hmm. Truly. like it, All the family members being hilarious right. is the heart of this movie. It's what makes it so watchable. And it, But it does, to credit to give to John Corbett, I think it does depend on his kind of like, he's just got that, whatever. You know, he was Aiden on Sex right. and the City. He's just like <laughs> cool. that cool guy. Like, he's just rolling with it. So it's like believable that he 
would have loved this woman enough to be like, sure, I'll get baptized in the Greek Orthodox right. Church. Like, whatever, no skin off my back. Like, mm-hmm. and he's kind of just charmed by like how uh, how intense her family is, and I think he's looking for. And then like the fact that his really white bread parents, they even are given their moment. They're not they're not seen as like evil or mean people they're definitely outsiders but by the end of the movie they're right there in the mix with it and like and god to talk about a movie that'll make you cry when they gift them a house at that that scene just kind of is dropped on you uh and you've been seeing the father her father looks so forlorn and you think that that there's gonna maybe be a big confrontation at that point between him but it it actually feels very real in in that moment that really he is he loves his daughter so much that he he despite everything uh you know but i love the twist you learn at the end he bought them a house right. but it's right next right. door right so um yeah <laughs> my big fat greek wedding and i is this our first movie we've talked about that came out in the 2000s i, I, I think, think so. it's the only one okay yeah, yeah. um yeah. No, he, two weeks notice. I guess I love the two. Th- I, oh, whatever. Right. I am but the true millennial. Too. So yeah, yeah, there we go. You know, I, I think the one thing that bugged me about my big fat Greek wedding is I feel like she's kind of introduced in a clumsy way. Like I don't, I, I, I feel like she just, here she is. And then she goes to school and she's the way yeah. she is the rest of the movie. And I, I feel like that could have been done a little better, but you bring up the guy. I'm not familiar with his work, but I, I remember I was watching with Lacey and I was like, this guy is like disgustingly good looking and like really charming. And like, I don't understand why he didn't have like a huge career. Like I didn't well, see, I don't think I've a, seen him in anything He was else. in a sitcom. Well, it wasn't really a sitcom. It was a drama and it was set in Alaska. And I don't, I'm drawing a blank on mystery. Northern, no. no. Northern Exposure? Yes. Nor, was it, wasn't it set in Alaska? Yeah. Northern Exposure. Or not Alaska. It was Canada. I'm sorry. Canada. Oh, yeah. But, um. And I know he was in that, and he is in a long-term and now married relationship to Bo Derek. Yeah, that's right. I did. I looked that up. That's yeah. so weird. It is weird. It is. Weird. I think they're also very Christian. I don't what? know. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wow. nothing against no, no, nothing against but, that. But that's uh, shocking. I yeah. would have never thought that, given the movies. That I probably should she have googled that to um, make sure I'm not just putting out lies out yes out well there. but uh i feel like i heard something about the fact that they've like i don't know whatever it is yes i hope they're they're well and they're, well they, yeah. they're a beautiful couple mm-hmm. that's for sure well that was one of the i think one of the obvious picks probably needed to go on there that's the thing about the top 10 game everyone you can't get too cute there's some <laughs> movies that just gotta go on there that will there you go. Yep. And you're going to roll your eyes at mine. <laughs> no. You don't know that, Joy. <laughs> uh, well, that's a segue. Give it to us. All right. Okay. 2003. Love Actually. Oh. Okay. The cast, huge. So Hugh Grant huge. is in it. But the the uh, cast is huge. If you haven't seen it, see it. You got to see it at least once. It's one of the movies that I watch every year around Christmas, but I rewatched it again just the other night to make sure that I really liked it as much as I did. And I do. It strikes me. It, it, it just, every emotion in watching this movie from the opening credits where Hugh Grant is talking about the twin towers going down and how, 
you know, we think, we we wonder, you know, about society and love, and I don't know the exact word, but you, you're, all of this voiceover is done with scenes of people greeting loved ones at the airport. And it's just, right there, that just grabs me. And then it launches into, of course, all the storylines, which I won't go into, but, um, but except for a few. And the Hugh Grant uh, is prime minister, of course, and um, his love interest or his interest is uh, the young lady, um, Natalie, mm-hmm. that works there. And then Liam Neeson, who has this stepson, um, his wife has passed on. And uh, the stepson has a crush on somebody that he goes to school with. And um, then there's the Bill Nighy, who is Billy Mac, who opens the movie with singing about uh, this revamped Christmas song. Christmas, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly. It's all around me. Yes, exactly. And he's hysterical. And then his manager. And then Colin Firth who is, a, is an author, Aww. and he goes he has a broken heart because his his girlfriend is sleeping with his brother, and he goes off to France to write uh, a book. And but meets, meets a Portuguese Meets a, be, a lovely Portuguese young woman named Aurelia, which I think is such a lovely name. I don't ever hear that name. And uh, can't speak any English, uh, and he can speak no Portuguese, but they somehow have this connection um and then there's all the the other characters the ones that are the standing in for lighting in the porn movie but and, and then there's the goofy guy who wants to go uh, call in the sex god who wants to go to Calif- to United States and meet all these beautiful women and Emma Thompson and Emma Thompson and, yeah, and, and of course Alan the Rickman. absolutely amazing oh my god what is his name that actor oh um Alan Rickman rest in peace wonderful actor and then um Laura Linney. Um, oh my God, I forgot about her part who of the movie. Is secretly in love with a coworker, but has a brother who is mentally not stable. And so that relationship. Anyway, I'm going to go on too long. Um, I just find the concept of mingling all of these characters. Oh, and Kira Knightley and her husband and the, his friend that's in it's love with her. It's kind of insane how many storylines are able to how fit many into this. Yeah. Are all intertwined and the fact that they could actually make that happen. Um, but I just found it such a, um, we do live in a very cynical world. And I think that's what Hugh Grant says at the beginning of it. We live in this very cynical world, but if you stop and you look, there's actually love all around you. And I just love this movie. I really, truly did. And, um, I just think it was charming. It, I loved all the storylines. There was some heartache too, you know, the, the, the relationship between Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson. Um, and he is besotted by his assistant. Nothing happens, but it, it, it breaks her heart, her, Emma's heart. Um, Mm -hmm. and, that's true. Things like that happen. There's, you know, I like movies where there is, it's like this stuff does actually happen and people are affected by life and things. But anyway, and I just have to say, when it all comes together at the end, once again, we're back in the airport and the Beach Boys, I may not always love you. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Okay. 
tears start falling and you say to yourself, oh my gosh, yes, there is love all around. So that's what I have to say about that. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought this would probably get picked. Uh, it is, in a way, it is a very enjoyable movie. Uh, I just remember when I watched this movie, and I just saw it for the first time a couple years ago. I was like, man, rom-coms can be really absurd, but this is the most ridiculous, <laughs> insane, over-the-top movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but I there's will. just too many people in it that I love to not enjoy it. Like, you know, you name those people. I love Laurel Lenny so much. Like, I've been oh, yeah. finishing up Ozarks right now and just... Doesn't she yes. have that really cute moment where she sort of like she celebrates? Yes, like because yeah. she gets to bring the guy home yes. with her, and yeah. Oh she's, my god, yeah, I, he she's she breaks great. her heart. Yeah. I will say the Laura Linney storyline and then the Alan Rickman, Emma Thompson storyline to me by far are the two best in the in the movie. Yes. Uh, I do like the Liam Neeson one because it's very sweet, and I love Liam Neeson. But those other two seem the most realistic, and then. Uh, also, the Alan Rickman storyline, the scene with Rowan Atkinson, oh, <laughs> which gosh. was by far and away the funniest scene in the movie. Uh, the other storylines were just so absurd. I was just like, I'm enjoying this, but this is <laughs> this is ridiculous. I have to defend the Colin Firth part. Like he really that with his interaction with uh the, with it was the, so sweet. Yes, uh, Aurelia. 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 Yeah. yeah. He um. He's so dreamy and that is so sweet. Yeah, so, so sweet. I also love the music cue with Hugh Grant when they play that jump. Yes. For my love. Which, which according to IMDb, is that correct? He didn't really want to do that. He said that would not be something that a prime minister would do. <laughs> um, but it really was one of the cutest scenes in, in the movie. He's and I like that, that she was a, which I think is hysterical because they call her fat. They call her fat and full figured. No. But, um, I love the fact that, and I love Emma Thompson says, oh, when she meets her, she says, oh, you, 20 years ago, you'd been right up his alley or whatever, just something that he would enjoy. And he gets very embarrassed. So obviously he likes a woman with a little meat on her bones. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I knew it was a long shot, but it just. It's like one of the most popular rom-coms. I think it's great. (laughs) All right. So that leaves me with the last pick. And I was just looking over my list, and I've got some some one very beloved. And I think that for the sake of the spirit of this list, my final pick is going to be bringing up baby. <gasps> Yay! I think we needed more than just one of the thirty forties movies. And it's so fun. I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. It used, you know, my parents used to have it on in the house. But it's so funny. Yes, it's it so is. good. But you know what I really liked about it was. In this movie, I think Katherine Hepburn is the original Manic Pixie Dream Girl. But the difference between this situation and the modern ones is the guy wants nothing to do with her. (laughs) The whole movie, he's like, please get away from me. Leave me alone. But so many more good Katherine Hepburn one-liners. Oh, uh, Like in uh, Philadelphia Story, I love when they trick the leopard. They use the music to trick the leopard into the 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 other spare room. And as soon as she starts, like, Susan, listen, you got to get out of this apartment. And she's like, oh, I can't do that. I've got a lease. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, but the style, like the old cars are in the golf course. Oh, yeah. And uh, Catherine Hepburn is just, she's in another stratosphere in this movie. Like, she's so good. Truly. Truly. Yeah. I agree. I, I think they they play off each other um, 
so well. Yeah. And, and they don't get lost with like, it could be, it could be easy to become such an absurd movie with the, the premise and, and using that live animal, but like it, uh, it, it, it all, it all came together so perfectly. Um, to, uh, I wish I could have rewatched this in preparation. So I'm going off of like a one-time viewing of the movie, but I remember thinking it was, uh, it was super charming when I watched it. Incredibly charming. It's a little long. I, I think it could have been maybe like 10 minutes shorter, mm. but uh, it starts to drag out when, when they're in jail. Yes. And she's getting on a, she's pretending to be a, she's like, that's right. I've been shooting up joints all over the country. You know, it's <laughs> like, okay, let's, let's get going. Move here. it along. <laughs> but uh, we don't need to spend much more time on it. That's the 10th pick and uh, bring up baby. It's on HBO. All these Turner classic movies are on HBO max. So yeah. if you want to go revisit yeah. them. They're there. It's great. So that's our top 10 rom-coms. Here's Here they are as in the order they were picked. When Harry Met Sally, Two Weeks Notice, The Wedding Singer, Pretty Woman, Splash, The Philadelphia Story, Broadcast News, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Love Actually, and Bringing Up Baby. Now comes the fun part. Oh we're going to rank these movies. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so, so we'll start from 10. We'll go 10 yeah. down. I mean, we, I, we can do whatever we want. I think I jumped ahead in the action movie one a little bit, but... We'll start at 10. I'm going to throw it out there, and this is this is where the claws come out. I told Joy, welcome to the Thunderdome. No no mercy. I don't care. I'm going to say what I was on my mind. I'm putting two weeks' notice at 10, and I'll tell you why. Like I said, I think the story's a little thin. It's completely carried by how good Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock are, and it gives Donald Trump too much fucking screen time. Oh, okay. No, I have to disagree on that. I can't. I can't put it at a ten. I, I feel that I. I feel kind of bad that I can't speak more to bringing up baby because I didn't rewatch it in preparation for this. But, um, I. I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of all the ones we covered today. I feel like that was one that we gave the the least amount of talking to. Granted, but I. I don't know if we wanted would just want to slip that round that out. Put bringing up baby. At the ten, I'm gonna throw um, myself under the bus on this one. I what? would, I'd put Love Actually ten before I'd put Two Weeks Notice. I'm okay with that. I think Love Actually <laughs> is just really absurd. Yeah. Oh well, the the only reason why I would say maybe is there's a lot of dramatic elements to Love Actually. Like there are comedic elements, yes. but I feel like there's a lot of drama and uh, yes, th- that kind of grounds that movie to that. May, maybe could so, push it so yeah. so let's um, do that let's not let's not well that's the last time you're weeks. throwing yourself under that i'm not letting you do that with any <laughs> yeah, other movie yeah I, I am because but thanks for sacrificing uh, i'm that. fine with so that. two weeks notice I'm doesn't have to be 10 love actually is it's it's ridiculous i'm fine <laughs> with it being a 10 so so with nine i'm gonna hold fast in two weeks notice but this is a democracy and that's about the only oh. way we can do it i've made my case oh god it's all i can do Oh boy, uh, I'm trying well, to think well, if I could argue for another. I mean, I, I, what's an, what, uh, what was another one? Oh, oh, I, I might go with. Well, no, no. What, what was your? You had splash. You had. Two I had weeks. splash. I had two weeks notice, and I had um my big fat Greek wedding. Oh, for number we're talking number nine, nine now, right? And you had uh, two broadcast. weeks notice is my number nine. I would probably go with Splash. You want Splash in number nine? I I think so. Oh, I think Splash is so much more entertaining than Two Weeks Notice. 
Where are we putting bringing a baby in this list, I'd, though? I'd put, a, go- I'd put a bringing a baby in eight. It runs a little long. I don't know, Spencer. I would have to say bringing a baby should be nine and two weeks notice should be eight. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. And well, I'm a big I'm a big bringing a baby fan, but I, I would go with that. I think I God. think most audiences would be more charmed and delighted by the antics of Sandra Bullock and Hugh Grant than you know, yes. Catherine Hepburn and Carrie Cary Grant, right? Yeah. And bringing I'm, I'm a baby, outvoted, but, but I don't. Know. I, I you know, I'm pushing back, but I I have I, I have you've to, been outvoted. Okay, I've been outvoted. Okay, okay. So now we're at seven. We can put Splash there if. Well, hang if on, I don't know if I'm going to put Splash there. <laughs> Actually, um, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to say Big Fat Greek Wedding because I think Wedding Singer is funnier. I'm I'm okay with that, and I think the romance part of Wedding Singer is stronger. Yes. Than in my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. Okay. And then at six, I'm saying Wedding Singer. Okay, we're supposed to be fighting for our own, right? Correct. Because mm-hmm. actually, I love all the ones you picked. Um, <laughs> but but I love what for me, wedding singer, it is more of a romantic comedy to me than don't 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 hit me broadcast. Yeah, news. you're right. I do. I agree. No, hold I on think- now, Joy. You wanted to put Splash at nine. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, that's, that's true. true. That's true. That's Oops. true. Oops. Can we can we go back? time um i'm just golly i know with all these i don't know if i i don't know if broadcast news i i could feel good about broadcast news being like a solid number five okay sounds like we're between seven and six or six six six. okay i think broadcast news is top three one of the best movies we've talked about but but in terms of rom romantic comedy i can understand right hold on hold on though Pretty Woman, I don't think should make the top. Five. I will, I will, I will fight you physically really? right now in my living room. Really, like, that's one of the best movies. Uh, well, let me see. Uh, let's put Broadcast News at six. Pretty Woman. You were gonna put Splash at nine. <laughs> <laughs> you keep, keep throwing that. <laughs> she forgot the Broadcast News was on the table. I we will put Broadcast News. I'm fine with that. I'll put it at six. I'll second it. That's to show that I'm a good sport. Okay. So at five, it sounds like it's between Splash and Wedding Singer. I'm saying Wedding Singer. Oh, Chelsea and I are going to have to duke it out over that one. I, I love both of them. I, Spencer can be a tiebreaker with this one. Okay. I think I know what yeah. he'll rank higher than the other, but. So Splash, I mean, a, a Wedding Singer is going to five? If it's Splash or Wedding Singer, yeah. Then we'll do Wedding or Splash at four. Okay. 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 Philadelphia story's got to be at least two. Well, okay, so I'm gonna jump ahead. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get violent if we don't put when Harry met Sally at one. Oh, so. it's gotta be. I, I admit, I, I'm 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 gonna cross uh, party lines here, and I'm gonna go with yes, absolutely. I, yeah, that I was, feel good that about was, that. Too. That was my first choice on my list, but you got it first, so. So, I think Philadelphia Source too. Okay. So, so sorry. Now we're between. Philadelphia story and pretty or pretty woman. woman. Yeah. Yeah. We can revisit when okay. we make our list, okay. by the way. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we do Philly story. I think two. pretty woman's too high on the list. I, 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 yeah, I think I, I probably, uh, I don't know. 
Sounds like the only place you guys aren't comfortable is where Pretty Woman being at Can two. Can Splash? Three. Excuse me, three. Well, you wanted Splash at nine, Mom, though. I was so gonna what's say it, 10? Splash what's could it, take it the- 10? Love, actually. Good. Okay. Well, that, we, 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 <laughs> so big, <laughs> just good. <laughs> you guys picked such good movies. <laughs> I love all of them. It's terrible. Um, um, well, let's, uh, so it's between Splash and Pretty Woman? Well, I don't, I just don't know if I feel Splash good about funnier. Pretty Woman being in a top three of romantic You know comedies. what? You've convinced me. I'll swap it. Splash is, I think Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks' chemistry is better. Yes. And I think the movie's funnier. Yes. Okay. okay. John I'm Candy with- kind of takes it. To the next level with the comedy. I think even Tom Hanks is hysterical. Yeah. I just, I'm remembering the elevator scene where he's trying to get up to her and he's so <laughs> horny he can't. Excuse me, can I say horny on a podcast? <laughs> you can say whatever the fuck he's, you want, he's, Joy. He's standing there going like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and ding, and then he runs and you know jumps on the elevator. Um, no, I, I'm I'm good with that. So, any other any other deliberations? Can we recap? Yeah, we'll at ten one. we have Love Actually. At nine, bringing a baby. Eight, two weeks notice. Seven, my big fat Greek wedding. Six broadcast cast news rounding out the bottom five. Top five, Wedding Singer. Four, Pretty Woman. Three, Splash. Two, Philadelphia Story. And one, When Harry Met Sally. I'm happy with that. I feel like those top five all have characters with an intense, great chemistry. Yeah. I think like where the movie hinges on I concur. The, ke- the chemistry they have. We did it. So I, I feel good her. about it. We yeah. did it without okay. killing each and other. And nobody, nobody drew blood. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Splash came from Joy wanting to put it at number nine, all, making it all the way to yeah, three. It, it is a nostalgic favorite of mine. So I, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's fair. Well, I just want to real fast, now that we got our 10 out of the way, there's some other movies that I, I had, I was circling. Nobody picked Four Weddings and a Funeral. I don't. I think I've told you about this, but Andy McDowell ruins that movie. For yeah, me. she does. And there's there's still a lot of kind of sad sadness in that. Yeah, oh, the there's death. a funeral. That's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clueless. Oh, I I wanted to say that, and I thought, am I too old to no, love I Clueless? Think that's like that is like an, an all time favorite for me. Uh, truly. I was the perfect age, the nineties, and it fit our criteria. But I think the center of that story is shares growth yes. and not the romance. Right. Um, Amelie. I was so tempted to take it with my last pair. Oh. I've never seen that movie. I've not seen it, but I know I know what it is. I, and I have never seen it. I'm Shame. glad I didn't pick it then. We needed yeah. so. And then you mentioned 16 Candles. I had that down. But again, I think the romance was not the center of it. And although I still think the movie's hilarious, I, I, some of it has not aged well. Yeah, <laughs> no, it yeah. hasn't. You're right. Yeah. I, I would say... Uh, 10 things I hate about you I was on the fence about bringing up oh, but then but then I thought you know it, it gets tricky cuz you're like does this fall into like a teen comedy category or is it uh, like yeah so yeah but it also had some good music in it as well Excellent music. I think Bridget Jones Diary would be another one that I did rewatch uh leading up to this and I it's it is great um I think some of the stuff that just maybe doesn't age as well as just all the all the hyper fixation on like how again like how her fat work, she how is fat, or yeah. like Which, it that I don't I I think that her ch- full figuredness or chubbiness is played to good effect in some respects in terms of how she fills out some of her costumes and like it makes her a little bit seem a little uh more busty or sexier right. like in the way that Hugh Grant is drawn to her in that movie but like it, yeah and in, in the fact that like it, 
yeah, I don't know. And making her out to seem like a slob or something like that. No. I don't really like that. that I'm just going to say, I'm glad you guys didn't pick that movie because I was bored to tears. Mm-hmm. Absolutely bored watching that movie. I, I Hugh didn't Grant's see the big deal. really sexy in that movie, though. But He's yeah, great. He has He's great the best hair. Part of the movie. He has such good hair in that and movie. Him and Colin first fist fight was, was great. Mm-hmm. The ending is great. Because mm-hmm. they make you think there's going to be a conflict and there's not. And I was like, hey, that I like yeah. the ending, but I was pretty bored with the movie. So. Yeah. Anything else? Any other movies? Um, I got to tell you, I almost picked it. Um, Groundhog Day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's the Romance one that said it was a, it, a right? fantasy. Yeah, it was a romantic comedy fantasy. But the premise of that movie is so out there. But Bill Murray is so funny mm-hmm. and. Annie McDowell is adorable in that movie. That's one where she is. If you want to see one, she's not. Four Weddings and a Funeral. She drives me nuts. That movie, she was perfectly cast for. But I didn't pick that one. But it's a very good movie to watch. I I think, Joy, you and I also flirted with The Big Sick. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. But why I didn't pick it, and I really don't know why exactly. There weren't a lot of laughs in it. It was... It, oh. it was humorous. I mean, no, it was humorous, and it was it was funny. But, and I I love the whole idea. I love that it was based on their true love story. And I love that I because I went and because I um got to find out more. I did Google and find out that they must have come around to her because they did have a wedding, an Indian yeah. wedding, which I thought that made me even happier because you know. Well, pa- Pakistan. Pakistan. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry, Pakistan, Pakistani wedding. So. I I did like that. And the other one was Chasing Amy, which I had seen <laughs> years ago. If you want to stick, you know, with more with the what's going on in the world now. But after watching it, I really liked it. And I've never been a fan of Ben Affleck, but I actually liked him in it. However, that's an, a movie that was very realistic. Mm-hmm. He What? No, okay. He cannot come to grips with the fact that she's had this life before him. Now, yes, the fact that, yes, she's been a lesbian, now all of a sudden she's going to do an about face and, and become, but they just, they explain why. But um, it was so sad because you don't, they don't end up together. And I was like, well, that's really not in keeping with, to me, with a romantic comedy. Sure. But anyway, but but I enjoyed the movie. I loved it. And is it Bob and, what is Jay and Bob? Jay and Silent Bob. Jay, yeah, Jay, Jay and Silent Bob. I forgot about them. They're hilarious. Because it's anyway. a Kevin James. Kevin Smith. Yes. Kevin Smith. Not Kevin, Kevin James. Kevin That's Smith, an Adam yeah. Sandler friend. But, uh, so, but speaking of Adam Sandler, Micah would kill me if I forgot to mention uh, 50 First Dates. Um, yeah. I felt really good about having Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore represented with The Wedding Singer. So I didn't think I needed to take up another spot in the top 10 with with another one of their films. But uh, super charming. Love yeah. that movie. Good stuff. All right. Well, there's our list. Uh, we're going to close out as we always do with our recommendations. Chelsea. Um, I will, uh, you know, in just keeping with uh, romantic comedies that I didn't really feel like necessarily deserved a shout out right now. And I don't even know if it really can classify as a romantic comedy, kind of, I guess. But uh, this is a movie I rewatched in preparation for this uh, this episode. But um, wow, it did it. It goes off the rails. It's so weird. Sweet Home Alabama. (laughs) It starts so... It's. I remember the the way that movie ended, I just was like, what the heck just happened? This became so strange. You know, Reese Witherspoon punches Candace Bergen out after Candace Bergen basically calls her a bitch. And I, I... it, it ends 
it I just feel like the movie kind of falls apart. It loses itself. Uh, I will say I would give this movie like a two with the first half of it, but I'm giving it a one by the way it ends just because of how just like super ridiculous and weird and off the rails it becomes. It it was sad because, and I broke it up over two nights uh, watching it. And I was like on such a high after the, the first, like watching the first half, I was like, oh, this was so cute. This is a great romantic comedy. Maybe I can talk about this for the podcast. And then by the time it ends, I was just like, the hell they really lost the I think just think they 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 lost and it, it is just I so agree. over the top and unbelievable in ways that I just couldn't get with uh I I mean what is what I will say gave it a two so I guess I'll give this movie a one and a half but um Josh Lucas and Reese Witherspoon do have really cute chemistry in the movie I think they work better when they're fighting with each other and kind of antagonistic but and that's when it, it kind of loses me because they have some real corny parts towards the end when he's like been trying to prove himself to her. But um, uh, and just also some things that I feel like got a little lost in editing. Like at the end, she says to her mother-in-law, she's like, play a slow one for us so they can slow dance at their wedding. And the song they play is Sweet, Sweet Home, Home Alabama. Alabama. I'm like, this is not a slow song. What, what happened here? I guess they just had to fit the... I, they'd already played it once in the movie. I don't know why they had to go out on it, but right. oh, whatever. But maybe I'm being a little too harsh on Sweet Home Alabama, but whatever. One and a half. Chelsea, <laughs> I think that's your first one you've ever given to review. I love it. Uh, Joy, I was going to say, you were wondering about a recommendation. You gave a really great explanation to Chasing Amy, if you want that to... Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely worth a, a watch, especially given the times that we live in now. I think it's it's kind of it's pertinent. Like sexual and politics yeah, and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and um, it's it actually was... I found it a little bit heartbreaking, you know, in, in a way. But um, I would give it a... I'd give it a three. Okay. I'd watch it. Great. Uh, so I'm going to pull one. I had I had a deep, deep cut on my my list that I might have pulled from, but I'm going with 1948's Adam's Rib. Uh, <laughs> yes! Starring uh, Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. Fun fact, everyone, my parents named me after Spencer Tracy. That's not made up. I'm mm-hmm. dead serious. No kidding. Yeah, it's like one of my dad's favorite actors. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Spencer Tracy was married, uh, but very Catholic. Him and his wife did not want to be together anymore. They separated but not get divorced, and him and Catherine Hepburn were madly in love with each other until he died uh they did several movies together Uh, this was one of them it's a movie about two lawyers that are married and are on opposite ends of a court court case it gets a little absurd by the end of the movie but very funny uh like a lot of those movies runs a little long uh but interesting premise a little like progressive for the time like in, in several facets uh it is also an hbo max uh i i had a good time watching it adam's rib i give it uh give it a two there you go. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. This was a blast. We love the Top 10 game. I can't wait for the next one we're doing. Uh, we've got some new ones coming up for you early March. The Batman comes out. We're going to do that with a guest. Uh, also in March, the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. We are going to tackle that. It's going to be a blast. But we've got another one coming for you in February. Uh, as always, if you're enjoying the show, you can follow us on Twitter at the Marquee Spot LT. You can follow us on Instagram at the Marquee Spotlight. And you can contact us, Spotlight at gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts. Anything you want to hear us talk about, please reach out to me. I'm here, available. I'll receive your emails directly to my smartphone. Uh, and if you're enjoying the show, please give us a review. Give us a rating. Share with your friends or do whatever you want. You're an adult. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Joy, thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. It was a lot of fun. This I enjoyed a- it immensely.
You're a great mom. Thank you. Oh, thank you. So for the Marquee Spotlight, I'm Spencer Bailey. I'm Chelsea Burnett. We'll see you. Thanks for listening. The Marquee Spotlight is recorded in Portland with music composed and produced by Josh Colopy and cover art created by Taylor Ingle. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on new episodes. And if you like the show, please write a review and share with others.